Might as well start with laughter, right? Uh, welcome everyone to Fire and Water, the podcast. I forgot to say all of these things, I think, in our last podcast, so I'm going to follow our format just a little bit more. Welcome, everyone. Uh, this is a podcast that Quinita Robertson and I, Tennyson Wolf, uh, offer as a bit of a thinking out loud and a bit of a learning out loud, um, a bit of an offering into people who are trying to learn some similar things. It's coming of age in this age. Uh, we, as always, are seeking to cultivate within ourselves and others a sense of wisdom, a sense of soulfulness. So today, uh, we're here again, Quinita, you and I, and uh, we've decided that we're going to explore the topic a little bit of uh, deserving. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Dennis uh-huh. and I, we were talking uh, a little bit ago, and I was telling you, I've been watching the Extreme Home Makeover show, which I love. People who know me know that at times I consider that one of my forms of church, <laughs> I say, because mm-hmm. there's sacred moments in the show. Um, One is when the people first uh, come together and they're, you know, go up to the house and it's the um, Williams family, come on out. And then the family comes out and that's one. And then when they get to witness them tearing down the house, it's the moment of like, there's a death and rebirth, you know, um, place in that moment that I think is sacred. If you look at the people, people's faces. And then the last one is the move that bus moment, because the house is always bigger and more than they could have ever imagined. And, um, and what I've been struck by, because I guess it's on Hulu again, or Hulu mm-hmm. now, I don't know if it's been all the time, but I found it recently. I've been struck by how many times they speak of the people being deserving of this. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that I actually really loved about the show the first time through that I watched it is that they chose families who were struggling, but who were also helping other people. So I was carrying some of that story of deserving in me, like this, this kind of line of, oh, I'm glad they picked people who are, you know, doing good things in the world and all that kind of stuff. And what I'm struck by now is this whole idea that um, maybe we should get rid of the word deserving. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That there's an idea of like, we have to earn mm-hmm. or we have to be worthy of something, of kindness, of grace, of help, of support that I think um, is doing more harm than good. You know, so I'll just start with that, <laughs> put that in the center. Okay, I'm going to pick it up and try to play with it a little bit. I do love it that you uh, can make such uh uh, meaning out of that show. I watched that show. I remember 20 years or so ago, I think. Uh, and, you know, seeing the things that you're describing and being moved by it and all of that. Uh, so yay that um, I feel like I need to go back to that show. I feel like I need to watch some episodes, right. In the way that you're describing it. And then we're in this language of deserving, because as you and I were talking earlier, Quinita, it's like, does, what does that even mean? You know, the commentary on the show, there's such a dessert. What does it even mean? And I love the way that you pick this up at a, a deeper layer. As we were talking before, there was a little bit, <coughs> excuse me, a little bit of, um, of, you know, some things are just because you are, because you're here, because you're human. Um, 
it counters a message that's been pretty strong in me uh, that I've liked to have thought that I've held in a healthy way, but actually it's got some pretty unhealthy stuff in it too. Um, you, you have to earn, you know, you have to earn your place. You have to earn your keep. That just breeds a whole pile of things that um, maybe have their place in some way, but also are just run amok, like a competitiveness, for example, or uh, gotta be smarter than uh, kind of thing. Um, so how, how like that, the, the overimposed message of you, 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 you are not enough, but must earn has such a sideways message and shadow in it. What about also the alternative stories of you belong, you belong just as you are. You are enough just as you are, that kind of stuff. Uh, Let me me pause there, yeah. I think it actually feeds into this whole underlying lining belief in disposable people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's like, it's like the, the beginnings of that, like, you know, like, because we can say, oh, well, you know, they don't matter because, right? We, it's like, it's another way of othering other, mm-hmm. you know, or if, or even the whole story of, well, if they just worked harder <laughs> or if they just did, you know, A, B, or C. Yeah. And it's yeah. like thousand variations of that, yes. right? If yes. they just, if you just, yes. if I just. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that piece about like, where is, uh, where's the holding of just that our birthright we're just deserving of love and care and support because we're here on this earth together Mm -hmm. you know like like where uh where does that come up where do we hold that you know and again like I said when I first really years ago it was about 20 years ago I think it was like 2003 or something that the show came out one of the things I loved about it is that they chose people who were, you know, um, even in their hardship, helping others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and generous in that way. And now I'm holding that in a different way. Maybe it's, you know, my own maturity um, and asking myself, like, um, where is it that I've assumed mm-hmm. that I'm not deserving of X, yeah. Y, or Z? Yeah. Or, or that I think I can make the call on if you you are or someone else is deserving or not. Mm-hmm. Like what even makes me think that I have the right to choose that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there, there, there's some kind of slippery slope in there for me of, uh, of uh, uh, it, it comes back to the earning, like you have to earn your place. And I, I realize as I'm saying that out loud, there's an inner voice in me that's saying, well, wait a minute, you do have to earn your place, right? Um, so I'm willing to play with circumstances where, of course, we value our contributions, our contributions are important, um, but it's somehow the overarching framing of that that, uh, that puts us into you know, lines of yes or no kind of stuff that feels incredibly um, un healthy or or, or punishing or like 
broadly perpetuated over decades slash centuries in a way that so diminishes the some some other reality of the power of life the power of spirit mm. it, it's so easy to slide into the must earn uh uh you, you're you're deserving is something you you know you have to prove yourself on yeah and i i think um you know one of the things i was thinking about is how much church has perpetuated mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you know um that they're good people that you know we have to earn our way into heaven that you know um mm. God as a vengeful God instead of just a loving God, mm -hmm. you know, all of those messages. Mm -hmm. And I remember at one point it struck me, like, especially from Christians, if Christians really believe mm -hmm. that Jesus died for our sins, why are we still paying for them? <laughs> it's like, like, you know, if like that, like, uh, I think of James Baldwin saying that, you know, mm -hmm. our crowns have been bought and paid for. All we have to do is put them on. If you really do think that the price has already been paid, then why do we think we have to keep paying? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, uh, how do, for me, um, my view of God is just love. Mm -hmm. And so um, love, yes, it um, values and honors your contribution. Mm -hmm. And there's a, um, a um, pride, I guess, or proud of, right? When, when someone you love and care about does something that um, I'll say honoring, that is honoring of life. <laughs> um, and there's also this just, you love just because you are. Mm -hmm. And I've asked my coaching clients at times, I'll ask the question, Okay, so if you didn't do another thing, mm -hmm. could you still be okay with yourself? Could mm -hmm. you still just love yourself? If mm -hmm. you do one more thing this lifetime. Yeah, can I pick up there? Mm -hmm. uh, I can feel the excitement of that too, Juanita. And a lot of the conversations that I'm in recently, you know, playing with themes and, and uh, things that are just real right now. Uh, I noticed that I'm, I'm pulling myself and others into a celebratory energy. Like I want that kind of energy. Uh, so in a coaching situation, it might sound like, what do you think is just absolutely right right now or absolutely right about you right now? Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I don't want to get too trippy with the language because you can even follow that into some places like, well, embedded in that question is even an assumption about right or earning or deserving. I know that there's a different feeling uh, of uh, uh, when if if you magically strip away the deserving energy, let's say, uh, there's a different feeling for me. Like, oh my gosh, it feels more open-hearted. It feels a little bit open-bellied. Um, uh, super appreciative is, <coughs> excuse me, how I experience that. Uh, relieving. Uh, and that alone, just, just to name the relieving, I think, uh, if, if we pretend for a moment that there's a cultural pattern that is holding the tension of deserving, 
in such a way that even naming the relief of removing deserving uh, is a is a real thing, is a powerful thing. Holy smokes, that says something. So I notice I've been trying to pull myself or hold myself, gift myself into um, just a celebratory vibe uh, that I think has got something to do with this stripping away the layers of of uh, deserving. I was talking with a coaching client recent recently and um, she was talking about how she's just has this inner critic like this, like, mm. uh, and how she wanted to let go of this inner critic and to be more in the appreciation and the gratitude and the joy. Mm-hmm. And really she was struck by, she says, I'm realizing that it's just a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that piece, and we're, you know, just, we had a little bit of conversation about that, how like, it's just as simple as her choosing not mm-hmm. to be in the critic, mm-hmm. you know? And so in her choice, the first thing that happens is she starts to notice more and more when she's in the critic. Yeah, right. You know, because you can't, like, it doesn't flip overnight. <laughs> so she starts to notice. One of the questions I asked her was, so mm-hmm. who in your life are supports who will remind you? Mm-hmm. If you share, I'm trying to release the inner critic and mm-hmm. trying to open to more of the joy and the gratitude, who will remind you when you step off of that and right. can encourage you of who you really are and who you say you want to be, you know? Right. <laughs> and, um, and what, and noticing like for herself, once she notices herself, when she starts noticing she's being critical, she in that moment can speak the new choice. Yeah. Oh, that's not the, that's not how I want to hold this. I want to hold it in this way. So that she starts to rewire her own brain in that process. Yeah. It's an interesting image, right? Rewire the brain. Or it's like, you know, you add some blood to the heart. Yes. Uh, There's there's something going on there that, uh, you know, welcomes a different way of being with one another. I I know when we talk this way, Quinita, I love to go to the big uh, stories and the big mysteries of it all and the mystical qualities even of it all. But uh, so, you know, in this example, it's like, what, what, what does it look like to live in a world where we strip away some of the shoulds, those kinds of gotchas, uh, all of that kind of stuff? Like what, what comes alive in the heart and how that changes, you know, what we contribute to in the world? But then I love pulling it down, too, in the way that you're describing, because we're human beings trying to, as uh, someone spoke earlier today with me, to be in the work of being in this walk on earth. It's all that bigger story. And then there's just like simple things. You know, how are you being kind to yourself today? How are you being kind to your neighbor today? Uh, How are you living the experiment, as you described, of uh, of of not living the deserved story and narrative. Like, just how's it going? And yeah, I'll remind you of that, you know, as your friend kind of stuff. I I love it when it pulls down to just those layers. Yeah. And when we look at and connect the inner to the outer, like Mm -hmm. one of the things that came up in this conversation too, that she spoke about, you know, Mm -hmm. she's been making choices that are more loving for herself 
Mm-hmm. And what she's noticed is her relationships are showing up in ways that are more loving. Yeah. Because again, you know, what's inner is reflected from the outer mm-hmm. and vice versa, right? So like what's happening on the outer can give us clues yeah. of what we're really believing on the inner. Yeah. So we think it's the opposite. Yeah. We think that I have these belief systems because I experience all this stuff on the outer. Yeah. Instead of no, 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 no. You have this inner belief and the universe wants to prove you right. So it sends you these experiences yeah. to prove mm-hmm. those, those belief systems right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that there's a part of us that don't, doesn't want to know we have that kind of power because then we have to do some of the release and forgiveness for ourselves of not knowing what we didn't know when we didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm trying to connect this back to another part of the conversation that you and I had earlier today. I had shared with you that I uh, took all of my, I took probably 10 years worth of little notebooks that I've carried, uh, little moleskin uh, notebooks where, you know, I've made notes, I've made insights, I've written questions, I've written the names of people at events and things. You know, it's it's my it's the system that works for me. So I've got all of these important notebooks and. I decided on the weekend that I'm not going to really go back and look at those. So I'm going to take them to the fire and burn them. And I was sharing that I had some grief in doing that too. Like they were not easy things to burn in the moment. It somehow felt right to be able to do it. Um, but then there's this uh, grief that has shown up after for me about, well, who am I without those notebooks and who am I without those thoughts? Um, And somehow that led us back into the language here of who we think we are with each other, uh, people in general, and uh, what we try to open ourselves to. And I think some of that was around like, these were your words, Quinita, you said something about Many people can't imagine the gift that is waiting to come by release. Now, in my case, I'm talking about my notebooks, and I do feel it, feel the loss of those. But we're also talking about the release of a story. Let go of the deserving blah, 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 and welcome ourselves into what I like to think of as like a potent now. Yeah, I think that, you know, part of that deserving story means that some things aren't for me if I don't feel I'm deserving, right? Some things are for me, some things aren't for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, what a what a framework of control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, um, you know, I've shared before in another um podcast that we did talking about the like not thinking even considering first class before like flying Mm -hmm. first class right because it was it wasn't for me Mm -hmm. now I wouldn't have said that I felt like I didn't deserve it Mm -hmm. right like uh, if somebody asked me I wouldn't have said oh of course you know no I don't feel that way but there was a part of me that was holding that that's what's in the background of of it right (laughs) um Mm -hmm. 
because I think it's like, you know, in um, God as a Black Woman, where she talks about time, it's mm-hmm. another one of those frameworks mm-hmm. that like so like operates in the background mm-hmm. that keeps us all in our place. Mm-hmm. And whether that place is that, oh, you better keep working and keep going and, you know, you're not working hard enough or you don't have value, whether that's the place or whether the place is that, you know, like I said, this is for other people. It's not for you. That place. First it's still, class. yeah, first class or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Something that we think is beyond what's mm-hmm. for us or like, you know, um, that we think is audacious, mm-hmm. right? the things in our life that we think, oh, it would be so audacious of me to do this. Mm-hmm. It's only audacious if you don't think it's yours in the first place, mm-hmm. you know? And so even that whole, like the language that we have around mm-hmm. this whole piece of that keeps us in there of, you know, um, no pain, no gain. That's the thing. Like if you put up, you, you know, you do the hard work, then you're deserving of the gain, right? If you, um, Anything worth having is worth working for. That whole piece about that's deserving language as well. Um, I was uh, I was talking with one of my um, elders at one point in my house, and I, I wrote a, a blog post about the, the kid Markeith, and it was um, he used to come and take out my trash from the back of the house to the front on trash day, and I would give him a couple of dollars and. Um, Jojo Pa was sitting at my kitchen table and she um, said that particular day, oh, I think you need to give him five. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking at the time, well, he just started coming. And I even said to her, you know, after he's come a couple of times, I'll, I'll give it to him kind of as a, mm-hmm. as a reward, right? Like you've done good work here. You, and she says, no, that's the problem with our social service systems already that mm-hmm. we so treat people like they have to earn it instead of they just deserve it. They just get it because they are. Mm-hmm. You know, what if the deserving of whatever, whatever you want to put in the blank is just because we are. Mm-hmm. Now, that, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean, I want to say one thing, that doesn't mean that um, I don't, I, I, you know, one of the things we used to say to our children mm-hmm. is we didn't as much believe in punishment mm-hmm. as much as you can have as much responsibility our freedom as you can hold, Mm -hmm. as you can hold the responsibility for. So I think the universe, there's a natural kind of um, progression or things that show up sometimes Mm -hmm. about, are you capable of holding the responsibility of this? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you want. Now that's different to me than deserving. Mm -hmm. Do you have the capacity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, trying to sort that a little bit in my brain and heart right now, because there's a lot of energy to me in the freedom that comes with um, an inherent belonging. Um, And uh, it gets trickier for me when I, when I think about things like um, this weekend, I, I planted some garden, some tomatoes and a few flowers in my yard here. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, I had to do some things for that to be accomplished. So I don't, I don't know how to tie that e- e- into the deserving. There's, there's something about things. And then there's something about inherent qualities. So where I feel like the 
greatest value of stripping away the earn your keep narrative, um, the deserving narrative, is on things uh, on on like on essential qualities, love. Uh, you deserve, like, every, 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 <laughs> look at the sentence there, right? Everyone deserves to be loved. Um, there's a belonging. There's an enough. You are enough as a human being. Or there's some way in which you're just enough as a human being. Being is all that matters. Now, of course, we live our lives in ways that has jobs and friendships and other relationships and things like that, where, you know, we have a certain commitment with one another and, and sometimes that gets navigated and negotiated and sometimes it gets defaulted to. But to me, like the, the gold in all of this is some of these most fundamental qualities of being loved, being welcomed, being enough. And when those exist as a baseline, so instead of the you're not loved, you're not enough, you're, it's not enough to just be, when you shift the baseline into you are enough, you are loved, uh, your being is beautiful, something like that, it changes how we exist in the world, changes what we emanate, changes what we invite others to, changes the, the energetic vibration or frequency of who we are. And to me, that's, that's probably one of the most attractive, attractive undoings in life is to shift from the not enough to enough, not deserving of love to of course you're loved, that kind of stuff. One of the, in the Soul Growing 2 book, what I said, I wish somebody, a piece of what I said, I wish somebody would have told me um, mm -hmm. when I was 13 was that I was loved, loving and love itself. Mm -hmm. Sure. And when yeah. we get those three, all yeah. the other pieces mm. fall into place. Mm. You know, if you just like focused on the love, mm -hmm. you know, um, and of love, course, love because you are. Yes, because you because are it. You've earned it. Or love. Because yeah, you, right. Because you are love itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and then the only thing that's needed is courage. I love that, you know, Maya Angelou says the most important virtue that there is, is courage mm -hmm. because you can't live any other virtue without it. Mm -hmm. So this piece about love and courage, yeah. think if we just had that, if you, if everyone just knew they were love itself. Yeah. How that would change the world. That's good. Okay. So as usually is the case now, we're in a big old topic here. Uh, so I'm wondering in the, in the scale and context that is this podcast, Quinita, do you have a, a sort of closing or pausing kind of yeah. uh, offering for what is today? I think for me, I'm just, I'm letting myself swim in this um, word mm. deserve and deserving. You know, mm. I've watched several episodes and probably will watch a couple more because I'm struck by how often they say it in the show mm -hmm. and by how um, I didn't, well, I noticed it, but I made different meaning of it before. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so asking myself, what are the stories I'm telling myself these days and how do they serve? So the story of deserving, how does it play out in my life? What does it mean 
about who I am in the world or how I see me or how I see others, you know, does that word serve me? Mm-hmm, and right. if so, how? Mm-hmm. And so I would just didn't invite other people into that, their own inquiry around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yay for the invitation there. I think my closing point is there's an anxiety that I am aware of when I feel, when I feel like I am swimming in the not deserving story. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to feel more of those times when I'm not in that anxiety. So a different choice. Hmm. I think there's more, but that's what I got for today. You good? Good, good for wrapping it up for today. Good. Okay. So uh, thanks to everybody for listening uh, today. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your curiosity and we appreciate the way you listen and then wonder yourselves. And sometimes that means forwarding or passing along or re-listening for that matter. Uh, I think we're living in a world here where we are needing to hold each other in how we grow more wisely and more soulfully. And sometimes that's in conversation and sometimes that's in some other things also. Uh, But how we evolve who we are as human beings with one another into the stories that we choose. I feel like that's part of what we're talking about today. Um, More information. uh, There's always fireandwaterleadership.weebly.com. That's our shared site for fire and water. Quinita is at nizuzu.com. I'm at tennisonwolf.com. Thanks for your attention today.